Thomas surely must have thought when Christ called him, Jesus, after all, I, I said I would never believe, and I've shown myself to have all these doubts. Do you really still want me to be your disciple? And the answer to that is yes. And Thomas is saying, that's amazing. And the Bible has a word for it. That's grace. Welcome to Open the Bible with Pastor Colin Smith. I'm David Pick, and today we're going to look at the Gospel of John, chapter 20. And Colin, today we hear about that exchange between Jesus and Thomas. It's a wonderful story, and I think it's a marvelous encouragement for every person who struggles to believe. Isn't it wonderful that God has put in the Scripture a story about someone who at one point said, I will not believe, I'm just not going to do it. And yet he came to believe because of the patience, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, and the overwhelming and compelling evidence that the Lord Jesus Christ placed before him. As you're listening to the program today, if you're someone who struggles to believe, you know, the Lord Jesus Christ will not push you away. He wants to win you to faith. He wants you to look at the evidence. He has great patience and he has great love and he has great understanding. And we're going to look at a story today in which someone who at one point said they would not believe came wonderfully to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. May that miracle of his grace be your experience as well as we open the scriptures and look at the compelling evidence in relation to the Lord Jesus Christ. So today we're opening our Bible at John chapter 20 as we begin the message, The Love of Jesus for Those Who Struggle to Believe. Here's Colin. Now, why do people struggle to believe? Many answers. Let me suggest three, all of which arise from the experience of Thomas. One reason that many people struggle to believe is the indescribable evil in the world. Some of you have witnessed indescribable evil. Some of you have experienced indescribable evil. And that was also true of Thomas. Crucifixion was, by any standards at any time in world history, a horrendous event. Can you imagine what it was to see that? Can you imagine what it was to see that happen to someone you love? Many people struggle to believe because of the appalling evil in the world. There'll be folks in the sanctuary here in the second service today, and you would be able to say, and perhaps are saying in your heart, Colin, if you had seen what I've seen in this world, if you had experienced what I've experienced in this world, you would understand why I struggle to believe. Or perhaps even you may have said, I will never believe. How can I believe in a God who is good in the light of what I've seen? How can I possibly believe in a God who is in control in the light of what I've experienced? One reason people struggle to believe. Another reason people struggle to believe is massive disappointment in life. This was true of Thomas as well. Remember, he had left everything to follow Jesus. He's extended himself, given himself to serve Christ. He's been doing this for years. He's given everything. He's got the highest hopes of what's going to come of this great venture. And all of this has ended on Good Friday. So how can God be good? How can God be in control? How can I believe when he lets something like this happen in my life? The loss of a job, loss of your health, loss of a loved one. 
the failure of some great venture into which you have invested so much, the collapse of some ministry that was once vibrant and thriving. Where is God in that massive disappointment? And many people struggle to believe for that reason. And then I think another reason is growing isolation. And I think this is very clear in the story of Thomas. He wasn't there uh, with the other disciples on the first day of the week. We're not told why that was. He was there, verse 26, on the subsequent occasion. But it does seem that, that Thomas is on an increasingly lonely path. He's separating from the body of believers. He doesn't feel at home with the friends of Jesus. He can't really relate to them. And yet he doesn't really feel at home with the enemies of Jesus either. They hate Jesus and Thomas actually loves him. And so he finds himself in this kind of no man's land. He's not really at home in the church and he's not really at home in the world. He doesn't really know where he belongs and he's struggling over this whole matter of faith and belief. Why do people struggle to believe? Indescribable evil, massive disappointment, growing isolation. That's what it looked like 2,000 years ago. And you may be able to add some other reasons. I'm sure you can, but I want to suggest to you that's pretty much what it looks like in our world and perhaps for many of us in our hearts today. Now, I want you to see the love of Christ towards people who struggle to believe. And just before we go there, a little kind of caveat here, just before we move on, I do want you to think about this, that the resurrection of Jesus speaks directly to all the reasons that people struggle to believe. You struggle to believe because of indescribable evil. What do you have to say with regards to indescribable evil? You see, if it were not for the resurrection of Jesus, the indescribable evil, the atrocities of history, the evil you may have experienced is unanswered. But you see, the Bible says this to us, that God has appointed a day on which he will judge the world in justice indescribable evil will not ultimately stand. There will be justice. And how do we know this? Acts chapter 17, God has given us assurance of this by raising Jesus Christ from the dead. So if you have ever struggled to believe over indescribable evil in the world, I commend this to you. Think about this, that the resurrection of Jesus Christ is the one reality that addresses that. Without it, what do you have to say? To the indescribable evil of the world. Then you think about this massive disappointment. Now you try and picture someone. Perhaps you say, I am this person who has had massive disappointment in life. My life has not worked out as I had hoped, and it can never now work out as I had hoped. What is your word of hope with regards to massive disappointment that is the reason so many people struggle to believe? And here's what the Apostle Paul says because of the resurrection. He says this, I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing to the glory that will be revealed in us. 
So massive disappointment may have caused you to struggle to believe. I'm suggesting to you that the resurrection of Jesus Christ speaks directly to the issue of massive disappointment in a way that nothing else in the history of the world can. And for the person who feels a sense of growing isolation, the resurrection of Jesus Christ speaks to you in this way. The risen Lord Jesus Christ is gathering a community. A community of people from every generation in history and from every nation and culture in the world. And he invites you to be part of that great community that will love him and enjoy him and serve him and glorify him forever and forever. The door is opened by this risen Christ for you to belong. And yet, we struggle to believe. You're listening to Open the Bible with Pastor Colin Smith and the message, The Love of Jesus for Those Who Struggle to Believe. And we'll get right back to the message shortly. Remember, if you ever miss any of our messages, you can always go back and listen again or catch up online at openthebible.org.uk. Now back to the message. Here's Colin. I want you to see today that the love of Jesus Christ for people who struggle to believe, the wonderful way in which the Lord Jesus Christ in his love leads people who do not believe to faith, and he leads people who struggle to believe, to find confidence in believing in him. Now, I want to show you just very simply from this story in these moments how that happens. There are really three steps. The first is simply this. I've called it a surprising experience. I'm looking at verse 26. There's Thomas. He said, no, I will never believe. So he's taken his stand there. And Jesus came and he stood among them. And he said, peace be with you. I call this surprising because nobody was expecting this. Certainly not Thomas. Thomas says, I will not believe. I will never believe. And the Jesus in whom he says he will never believe shows up and is there right in front of him. The same thing happened on the road to Emmaus. Here are two disciples. They're not saying they'll never believe, but they are struggling with faith. They're, they're overwhelmed with questions that life has thrown at them, and the Son of God comes alongside them. See, what we're seeing here is that Jesus, the risen Christ, he comes alongside people who have said they will never believe, people who don't believe. He comes alongside uh, people who are struggling to believe, and he leads them to faith. If you talk to anyone who is a real Christian, you will find that this is part of their story. That in some way or another, at some point in their life, they became aware that Christ was somehow awakening them. That somehow this Jesus, who at that point they didn't know or didn't particularly believe in, they became aware that something, someone was laying hold of their life, awakening them, bringing a new interest in them, bringing something to them, pressing towards them. Couldn't quite work out what it was. But it's the risen Christ coming near in order to lead a person to faith. Nobody would be a believer apart from Jesus Christ leading us to faith. And when he comes, notice what he says to Thomas who said, I will never believe. He says, peace be with you. My prayer is that today there would be many who will be experiencing, even in this service, 
a sense that Jesus Christ is coming to you and he's awakening you and he's doing something inside of you. And I want you to hear this. He's doing it because he loves you and his first word to you is peace. Don't be frightened. I've not come to condemn you. I've come to lead you from where you are to a position of faith. I've come to stand with you in all of your struggles and all of your doubts. I'm drawing near. Peace be with you. Some of you have struggled with faith. Some of you have felt that you could not believe. Some of you have seen and experienced indescribable evil, massive disappointment. And the Lord Jesus Christ draws near to you. He awakens, stirs, speaks by his spirit, draws you're not sure you can quite even understand or figure out what's going on. But you're aware that someone is laying hold of your life. And then I want you to notice the second thing. Christ shows his love to people who struggle to believe by presenting compelling evidence. Verse 27. Put your finger here and see my hands, Thomas, put out your hand and place it in my side. Now, the very fact that Jesus said that indicates that although Thomas thought Jesus knew nothing about it, Jesus had heard what Thomas said. I'll never believe unless I put my finger in the nail prints and my hand in his side. He'd said that. And although he had not seen the presence of Jesus when he said it. The Lord Jesus knew what he had said. The Lord Jesus knows everything that I have ever said. He knows everything that you have ever felt. He knows everything that any of us has ever even thought. Before a word is on my tongue, the psalmist says, you know it completely. And so Thomas must have been taken aback completely, realizing that what he thought he'd said in private was absolutely known to Jesus Christ. I know you said you will never believe, but Thomas, peace be with you. I'm coming to lead you to faith. I'm so grateful, aren't you, that when Jesus Christ comes to this person who's struggled so much, he does not say, well, Thomas, you made your position perfectly clear. I know what you said. And they'll see you on the judgment day because I'm not interested in people who say they will never believe. I want people who are really strong in faith. So pack your bags and off you go. So glad Jesus didn't say that. I'm so glad that Jesus didn't say anything remotely like that. So glad that Jesus comes to Thomas and he says, well, now, Thomas, in effect, he's saying, you have said that you will not believe unless there is overwhelming evidence. Very well, here it is. Now, put your finger in these nail prints. Put your hand in my side. You want overwhelming evidence? Here it is. Now, that leads to this very important conclusion that Christian faith, friends, is not a blind leap in the dark. It is a reason trust in a risen Savior based on compelling evidence. That's what Christian faith is, and that's the whole point of this story. 
But Christ not only draws near to somehow awaken something new within Thomas, who had said he would never believe, but then presents to this awakened person evidence that is compelling. Now, of course, that raises the obvious question. What does that look like for us? Thomas saw the hands and the side of Jesus. None of us have had the opportunity uh, to do that. So how then are we to come to believe? And of course, Jesus addresses this directly here. Verse 29, blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. So we then say, yes, but how is that going to happen? How then are we going to come to faith? Where is the compelling evidence for us, Jesus? And the answer to that's in verse 31. These are written, the words of the gospel are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. So the compelling evidence on which faith is based, reason, trust is based for us, does not come through a repetition of resurrection experiences but rather through the compelling evidence that has been given to us in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. These have been written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ. There is all the evidence that you need that he's the Christ there. All the foundation of faith that you need is there, that he is the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. And the word of God is compelling evidence to the awakened heart. This is how Jesus Christ leads people to faith today. By his Holy Spirit, awakening something new within you. You don't quite understand at the beginning even what's going on, but you know that something is happening. In some way, God is at work in your life, and it's different from before. And you begin to come to the Bible, and you begin to read the Bible, and you're reading it with new eyes. And, and, and now what you just passed over, it didn't seem to have any value or importance in the past. Now it becomes compelling evidence to you. It becomes the very foundation of your faith. And then there's a third thing here I think is the most wonderful of all. It's in verse 27, this life-changing command of Jesus, where having awakened something new within Thomas's heart and life and presented the compelling evidence, he now gives this life-changing command, do not disbelieve, but believe. I say, I think this is the most wonderful thing, because to me, isn't it wonderful that Jesus still wanted Thomas to be his disciple? I mean, if Jesus only wanted the people who've got grade A faith to be their disciples, where would that leave any of us, right? It is wonderful that Jesus wanted Thomas to be his disciple, the man who said, I'll never believe. And Jesus said, I want you. Someone here has said, you'll never believe. And Jesus Christ is saying to you today, he's awakening your heart. He's saying, I want you to be my disciple. And I want you to get to these gospels and I want you to see the compelling evidence. I want you to, to come after me and to be mine and to follow me all the way into glory for all eternity. And I'm calling on you, Thomas, to stop doubting and believe. And as his own heart has been awakened by the risen Christ, and as the compelling evidence has been laid in front of him, and now Jesus Christ says, I want you to follow me now. Now stop disbelieving. You believe. Here's, I'm calling you. What else is there now for Thomas to do except to come on his knees before Jesus and to say, my Lord and my God? And that's how Jesus leads people to faith today. I wonder 
What has been an experience in your life in which someone has come after you and just wouldn't give up? That ever happened to you? For some of you, it might have happened in the world of business. You got headhunted and uh, some company wanted you and they decided as they honed in on their search that you really were the one. They put together some gilded package for you. Absolutely marvelous if this happens to you, I'm sure. For some of you, it may happen in regards to sports. Maybe that happened for some of you in the past. Maybe it'll happen for some of you in the future. A real talent and different colleges, universities, scholarships. We want you. By the way, this never happened to me, just in, in case... Uh, <laughs> You, you thought that I was up for all kinds of sports scholarships. That never, never, never happened to me. Nor did the first, by the way. Maybe for some it was a romantic relationship that happened to you. I spotted the dear lady who read the scriptures this morning, who happens to be my wife, I should add. The first weekend that we both arrived as freshmen at college. Spotted her the first weekend. It took two years. But I just hung in there. <laughs> never gave up. Pursued her. Pursued her. So glad that I did. Anything like that ever happened to you? You see, that's exactly what's happening here. Christ pursued Thomas, who said he would never believe and would not let go. Until Thomas came and said, my Lord and my God. It's wonderful. That's the love of Christ for people who struggle to believe. Christ did not give up on him. But Christ drew near and presented the compelling evidence and called him in order to win him and to lead him to faith. That's how a person becomes a Christian because the risen Christ is still doing that by his Holy Spirit today. And Thomas surely must have thought when Christ called him, Jesus, after all, I, I said I would never believe, and I've shown myself to have all these doubts. Do you really still want me to be your disciple? And the answer to that is yes. And Thomas is saying, that's amazing. And the Bible has a word for it. That's grace. That Christ loves people like us who struggle to believe, who have had so many questions, and that he will not give up on us, and that he will not let us go. The Son of God reaches out to you today that you should be his disciple. After all that he has suffered to redeem sinners, it matters to him that the good of that should come to you. And that's why the compelling evidence is laid before us by the Christ who draws near to us and the call comes out from him through the preaching of his word. Stop disbelieving, believe. Seal the deal with Jesus Christ even today. He calls you. And when you see the love of the Savior reaching out to you as it reached out to Thomas, what else is there for you to do than for all of us with Thomas? 
to say to Jesus in confession and in faith, you are my Lord and you are my God. You've been listening to Open the Bible with Pastor Colin Smith and the wonderful story about Thomas and his unbelief and how Jesus approached him with love and compassion and helped him to a place where he could fully place his trust in him. And I hope if that's your position today, that you feel that your unbelief is stopping you from coming to God, that you'll take that story to heart and just believe that God can help your unbelief. You can do that in a simple prayer, asking Jesus into your life and ask him to forgive you for everything that you've done that's hurt him and hurt the Father. When you do that, go and tell someone about it. Tell maybe a trusted Christian friend or family member. Or go to your local church and talk to the pastor there. Or ask the prayer ministry team to pray with you. Remember, if you ever miss any of our messages, you can always catch up or go back and listen again online at openthebible.org.uk. You can hear any of our previous messages and you can also find Open the Bible Daily, written by Pastor Colin Smith and read by Sue McLeish. Find us also on all the major podcasting sites. Just search for Open the Bible UK. For Open the Bible and Pastor Colin Smith, I'm David Pick and I hope you'll be able to join us again soon. Do you sometimes wonder why so many people you know don't believe in Jesus? Discover why that is next time on Open the Bible.